and welcome again to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy, and today it's the AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view review. But before I get to that, I hope you all are enjoying your Memorial Day weekend. Maybe it's a four-day weekend. Maybe it's just a three-day weekend. Nonetheless, I hope you are enjoying it. Hope you get outside and enjoy the sun. It's beautiful where I am right now in Indiana. I hope you all are enjoying your Memorial Day weekend. But last night, boy, did we have an interesting show with AEW Double or Nothing taking place at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. But let's get this kicked off. The buy-in, Tony Schiavone is asking Jake, Roberts if Archer is ready and he doesn't really answer the question and Archer just goes on and uh, breaks an old toilet and an abandoned warehouse it looks like interesting to say the least and then we get the number one contenders match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship it's private party Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn versus the best friends and Chuck Taylor and Trent and I enjoyed this for the most part the athleticism was there but there was some miscommunication at times which if you haven't worked together it might I would assume it'd be an issue but there was a little bit of miscues here and there but I saw some nice tributes to crime time crime time where uh Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn paid tribute to them uh namely Shad Gaspard, who passed away this last week. Um, They did the Crime Time handshake on the ramp. They also did the G9 finisher that uh, Crime Time used. It's a Samoan drop, a flipping neckbreaker combo. I thought those were were some nice tributes they did to the late Shad, uh, for the late Shad Gaspard. But uh, this match was solid. It was just the execution wasn't there at times. And like I said, some miscommunications uh, were there. And it would have really helped if they had an actual crowd for this. Because I think these two are both pretty high-energy teams. And if they get the crowd going, it's they get really into the match. They can get the crowd really into the match. Private Party is super athletic. And best friends are just solid all around. It just... And, and another note on this is I just never felt this hit second gear. So the finish, it came where Private Party went for the gin and juice. Trent reversed it and hit a Hurricane Rada on Quinn into a pin. And then Chuck took out Cassidy on the outside. And then Strong Zero got it done for the best friends. And the best friends are now number one contenders for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. This made sense. The best friends have been on fire recently. So I don't have a problem with it. I'm looking forward to seeing the best friends take on Hangman Page and Kenny Omega for those AEW World Tag Team Championships. It wasn't a bad match. Uh, I'm going to give it a uh, B-. minus. It was the lone match on the buy-in. But yeah, B- minus grade for the best friends versus private party match on the buy-in. After that, we get Tony Giovanni with Arn Anderson. And Arn Anderson's kind of uh, commenting on what Jake Roberts said earlier. Well, he didn't really say a whole lot. And toilets don't talk, don't hit back. I thought that was funny. And Cody does. And then Arn says he's got a wish list. Lists off of multiple things like Arn 
could hit the DDT on Jake or a spine buster or Jake could hit a DDT on Arn or Tyson could take out one of the one or one or one or both of them and the championship will be decided in the ring tonight and Archer's the clear favorite but you got to take into account grit and such all that kind of stuff and then then we get to the actual pay-per-view and they give a thank you to all first responders and then they do an in-memory graphic for Shad Gaspard and I thought they had a cool little setup with the cards ringside that had Moxley on one uh, on the top and Brody Lee on the bottom. It was kind of a mirror thing. I thought that was pretty neat. The setup was pretty cool for AEW Double or Nothing. And here's the kick. Here's not the kickoff, but the first match to kick off the pay-per-view, the live pay-per-view. It's the casino ladder match with a winner getting the AEW, an AEW World Title shot. And the winner has to grab the poker chip hanging above the ring. And we have one mystery entrant in this match. He doesn't come out until the end of the match. Well, the final entrant, entry of the match. Uh, we get words from each of the competitors before the match. Uh, we got Kaz, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, Colt Cabana, Joey Janela, Luchasaurus, and Brian Cage who just debuted, he was the surprise entrant into the casino ladder match. I like that they did this instead of like a casino battle royal. It was a good, nice little change-up. Some people were fans of this match. I wasn't really a big fan of this match. They had some cool stuff with Darby diving off the ladder, tried to do an ollie onto, I think, Kaz, and went through the ladder. Darby was showing a lot of resiliency in this match. Uh, Orange Cassidy was doing some funny comedy stuff during this. Uh, Luchasaurus was very, very good. We got to see Luchasaurus and Brian Cage go at it, which hopefully that leads to a, a signal a singles match later on because <laughs> these two can go. And Joey Janela looked good in this match also. Late in the match, this is how it went. Actually... Yeah, late in the match, Brian Cage was actually stuck underneath a bunch of ladders and a casino poker chip. That whole everyone else tried to bury Brian Cage under a ladder, and actually Brian Cage is managed by Taz, which is pretty cool. I'll say that, and that gives uh, Brian Cage some uh, credibility having Taz as his manager. And uh, late in the match. Cage power bombs Luchasaurus onto a ladder into the in the corner. Cage then starts climbing. Darby Allen climbs into the ring. Cage does a Steiner suplex pile driver on Darby Allen. It looked that looks like a Scott Steiner if you ever seen that pile driver kind of suplex. Sorry, I had to pause for a second. My phone was ringing, but now I've returned and. Like I said, the Steiner suplex drop pile driver on Darby Allen. Then Taz comes out. Brian presses Allen onto on a ladder and throws him out of the ring. And then Cage is all by himself. He climbs up and grabs the poker chip. And this was a bit long. I didn't really enjoy it all that much. Uh, I think it was the right winner. I'll give them that. Brian Cage what should have been the winner. None of these guys felt like they were ready to be in world title contention. Brian Cage is legitimate. 
He was a former TNA World Heavyweight Champion or Impact Wrestling World Champion, if you want to say that. But uh, this establishes Cage as a beast. The finish makes sense with Allen not listening to Taz previously, but I thought this went about 10 or so minutes too long. I'm going to give it a C grade. I didn't think this was a very good start to the show, but at, but we get something better following it. It's MJF with, uh, I don't know if Wardlow was out there with him, but it's MJF versus Jungle Boy. And I thought this was a really fun match. These guys really, really did a great job. And psychology of this match was great with Jungle Boy not able to, not being able to uh, lock in a crossface at one point. MJF just trying to work the arm bar, work an arm bar, and uh, he couldn't get it, he couldn't get it, he couldn't get it, and I don't know, this was just very enjoyable, I thought, and MJF's back, he it gives out at one point, but I really enjoyed this match, and I, and these guys are two very young guys, I don't even think they're over the age of 24, I think MJF's 24, but boy, these had, these two had probably their best match since coming into AEW last year, and both men sold fantastically, and I really like the story they told with MJF not being able to get that Fujiwara armbar, or the salt of the earth, as he likes to call it. I'm going to give this match a B plus. Uh, MJF won with a MJF O'Connor rolled uh, Jungle Boy late in the match. Jungle Boy countered into his own cover, but then MJF countered and got a cover by grabbing JB's hands, Jungle Boy's hands, and bridging, and that was it. I really liked that finish, and that's it's, it was a really good match between these two. I'm going to give it a B-plus grade, like I just said. Following that, we got our tournament final to crown a brand new, actually, and the inaugural TNT champion. It's Cody with Arn Anderson ringside versus Lance Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts and the special guest enforcer. I don't know if it's a guest enforcer. It's the guy there to present the TNT championship. It's Mike Tyson, Iron Mike Tyson. And this was a good match, I thought. These guys really delivered. Cody bumped all over the place for Lance Archer during this match. He made Lance Archer really look like a beast. Lance Archer kicking out of Cody's finisher, uh, he was just destroying Cody for a while, but Cody came back, and then late in the match, Archer actually went for his finisher, the blackout, and Cody countered into a crossroads and then hit it for a second time, and Cody got the win, and he became the AEW, uh, not AEW, but the TNT champion, the inaugural TNT champion. Jake the Snake Roberts was trying to get uh, his snake involved late in the match, but Mike Tyson was there to uh, stop that. Arn Anderson had gotten kicked out previously. Uh, but yeah, this was a pretty enjoyable match. I thought pretty good match between these two. Really delivered. Cody bumped all over the place for Archer. I didn't think Archer, I didn't think Archer lost a whole lot in this because Archer kind of had to take, took like two or three finishers from Cody and I love the start of this match where Archer uh, hit the blackout immediately on Cody. But uh, Cody's your inaugural TNT champion. I'm going to give this match a B plus. Archer looked like a beast, like I said. And this is one way to get Cody gold in AEW. And I think really, 
after this, even though Archer lost this match, I think he should be in world title contention here pretty soon. Because he, he's got world title, world champion written all over him. And this dude's a freak. This guy's doing a moonsault off the top rope and he's 43 years old. Holy freaking crap. <laughs> but impressive match between the two nonetheless. B-plus grade for me. And then Marvez is talking about Britt Baker's status. Britt Baker had her, uh, tore her ACL in the match last week on Dynamite. She tore that, among other, uh, had among, among other knee injuries. And the uh, trainer for AEW said the patient is worse than the actual injury. And Britt will talk about it this week on Dynamite. After that, we get uh, Penelope Ford replacing Britt Baker in a match against Chris Statlander. It's Kip Sabian who actually uh, competed in the casino ladder match earlier on. Uh, Kip Sabian accompanying, accompanying Penelope Ford. I enjoyed this match. Penelope Ford seems like she needs some more seasoning, but uh, yeah, it's just a little bit of more in ring for her, and I think she's she's got she's got potential. She's got the athleticism. The athleticism is there. Chris Statlander, I think, is. Yeah, women's world champion written all over her. and she was very impressive both women showed off great athleticism during this I thought this was solid and all I said like I said Ford just needs a little bit of seasoning I think the potential like I said the potential is there and I thought this was fine Statlander uh had a spinning suplex driver on Penelope Ford for a too long two count Statlander went for a big bang catastrophe. Ford counters into a scorpion death drop. And Ford hits an ugly Hurricane Rana, but she goes for her handstand, a rebound cutter, blue thunder bomb-like move from Statlander, and then Statlander hits a big bang theory, and that's it. Statlander gets the win, builds some more momentum, and Penelope Ford has another solid outing. And I'm going to give it a B-. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid match. After that, we get Sean Spears versus Dustin Rhodes, and uh, this is the kind of popcorn time, or yeah, popcorn break match on the show. Sean Spears is out in a suit. He's kind of he teases Dustin's like teases Dustin coming out, and his music hits, and Dustin never comes out. He had to play that joke. Then Dustin's music hits, and he actually comes out. It's actually Brandy that comes out first, and then Dustin's right behind him. During this match, Dustin strips uh, Sean Spears. At one point, his butt crack's showing for at least a good two or three minutes. Uh, I didn't really enjoy this all that much. Sean Spears, it's revealed on his crotchial area that uh, he has a sticker of Tolly Blanchard on that, and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. And then when he got back in the ring... Dustin hits the final reckoning, and that is it. And I thought this had some decent comedy stuff from Spears, but honestly, I didn't really enjoy it that much. I didn't see this see I didn't see this uh, as necessary on the pay per view. I didn't think this needed to be on the show. Dustin looked good in his return after getting mauled by Archer a few weeks ago. I'm just gonna give this a C. First half of the show hasn't been great so far, other than the, the uh, two matches between Cody, the Cody match, and then the Jungle Boy MJF match. Those two were fine. The opener and the latest match, not so great. But man, does the show pick up from here? 
the show just takes a complete turn. And we got Nyla Rose defending her AEW Women's World Championship against Hikaru Shida in a no DQ, no count out match for the AEW Women's World Championship. And the brutality was on display for these two. These two really delivered. At one time, Shida hit a running knee and hit Rose. And Rose fell onto a poker chip. And this this is brutal. The kendo stick got involved plenty of times during this match. And I really, really enjoyed it. Shida hit multiple big knees. One time, uh, Rose hit a powerbomb in the corner. I thought that was it. And it wasn't it. And Nyla hit a DVD and grabs the kendo stick, beats Shida with it. This is late in the match. Sheeta goes up top. Sheeta throws the kendo stick at Nyla. Sheeta then hits the falcon arrow from all, from the top rope on Nyla for a long two count. Nyla hits her with the kendo stick. Sheeta fights back, hits another big knee for a long two count, clubs Nyla with the kendo stick, and Sheeta runs off, runs off the rope and hits one more running knee. And she's the new AEW Women's World Champion. I really love the new aggressive side of Sheeta here. She really delivered. Both her and Nyla Rose had a very good match. And I was kind of surprised Sheeta won there. But it's a really good feel moment, especially with the events of last week. Last week or so. They need, this show needed a feel-good moment, especially with the passing, unfortunate and untimely passing of Hana Kimura. But uh, I really didn't think Nyla lost a whole lot there. She took a lot of offense from Sheeta, and she'll be back in world title contention here sooner rather than later. Pretty good match, but an even better moment with Sheeta winning the AEW Women's World Championship. B, not B+, but an A-minus grade for that match. Following that was the semi-main event. John Moxley defending his AEW World Championship against Mr. Brody Lee. Brody Lee had possession of the AEW World Championship. Actually, before the match, Dasha, he instructs Dasha to announce him as the self-proclaimed AEW World Champion. And they have security separating the two before the match starts. And I really liked that the official let a lot of stuff go during this match and didn't really count anybody out. This match did deliver, though. This was brutal. This was physical. It was very, very physical. At one point, Moxley puts Brody Lee through the stage with a paradigm shift DDT. Brody Lee delivered here. Brody Lee actually went... Brody Lee took a lot. He took a beating here. He actually got... Backdropped into the timekeeper's well, backdropped onto the timekeeper's table, breaking it, and then hitting his heels on the barricade. It was rough. This match was rough. It was physical. And Brody Lee and John Moxley get a round of applause for me because they really brought it during that match. And Brody Lee, that was probably his best match ever. Could have been his best match ever. I have not seen a lot of Brody Lee slash Luke Harper's work. But man, they both delivered here. Probably Moxley's best match so far in AEW. 
I wasn't a big, I wasn't a super big fan of the street fight between uh, the lights out match between him and uh, Kenny Omega. I thought this was his best match, and they both made each other look really good. Brody Lee didn't lose anything in defeat here because he took three paradigm shifts before getting choked out, and he didn't even tap out either, so he just got flat out choked out, and I'm going to give this match an A- minus because it was really good, really physical, and I enjoyed it a lot. After that, we get an AEW action figures preview, and these figures look freaking awesome. They drop in August. That's going to be neat. I, I won't buy them. I'm not much of a wrestling figure collector other than I do collect some Funko Pops and uh, started doing some uh, collecting of the uh, micro brawlers from Pro Wrestling Tees. I love the look of the micro brawlers. I got some ones right now. I got, well, Brutus Beefcake. Colt Cabana, Cody, Kenny Omega, also Kazuchika Okada, and then the villain, Marty Skrull. Those are cool. You can check those out at ProWrestlingTees.com if you want to look at those. And uh, There's plenty of them. I got the mystery one I got was uh, Brutus Beefcake. The other, All the other ones I chose to order. These look fantastic. I definitely recommend them if you are into collecting and that kind of stuff. But we get the main event. The main event of the evening, Stadium Stampede match between the Inner Circle, Jericho, Guevara, Ortiz, Santana, and Jake Hager taking on the Elite, Matt Hardy, Matt, Nick Jackson, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega. And Jericho's group gets football intros to start, and they're wearing football jerseys and football equipment, football pants and stuff. It's hilarious. This match is just straight up bonkers. I don't want to give away a whole lot of stuff during the match because, man, it was so much fun. I'll, I'll just let you know little tidbits here of what happened, of what you, what to expect. Some football jokes, plenty of those. Hangman chasing Sammy Guevara on a horse. Sammy Guevara falling off a very high structure. Hangman and Kenny Omega having a drink at the bar, a bar fight, and Jericho getting ran over with a line maker on the football field in Jacksonville, well, Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium. It is fantastic. This is great stuff. You, if this match, pretty much this match and the previous match and probably the well Hikaru Shida Nyla Rose match, they're worth the pay-per-view, they're worth the price of the pay-per-view alone, because this pay-per-view costs $49.99. Those three matches were worth the price of admission. This stuff is fantastic. The elite win after Kenny Omega hits a one-winged angel on Sammy Guevara from the stadium steps to a uh, kind of a makeshift stage below and wow, it was a scary-looking sight, but this match was hilarious. So many funny moments. Matt Hardy's Mattitude V1 came back for a brief moment. The matter It was the Matt Facts, but they were called the Matter of Facts. It was, was so funny. So many great moments to pick from that match. 
I definitely recommend you check out this pay-per-view just for the stadium stampede alone. It goes for 45 minutes. It's another one of those cinematic wrestling matches. But man, these cinematic wrestling matches have been fantastic recently. They have just been absolutely fantastic. And this one lived up to the hype. It delivered. It gave me everything I possibly could wanna could have wanted and more. That's why I'm giving it an A+. I love this. Some people won't like it, like traditionalists. I, I like traditional wrestling. I love traditional wrestling. But you got to have fun every once in a while. You just got to turn off your brain and have fun with something. And this is something you can have an absolute ton of fun with. And I definitely recommend you go out and watch the stadium stampede match from AEW Double or Nothing. A-plus grade. A rare A-plus grade. A much-deserved A-plus grade for the Stadium Stampede match. Overall grade for the show. I'm going to give it a B-plus. A couple of matches lacked early on, especially the Casino Ladder match. Um, Also, the Spears and Dustin match. I could have done without that match on this show, but those were okay. It wasn't absolutely horrible, but... After that, after that Spears match, Spears-Dustin match, boy, did this card turn it up a notch. Sheeta, Nyla Rose, really good. Uh, John Moxley, Brody Lee, really good. And then the stadium stampede match was absolutely fantastic. I definitely recommend this AEW pay-per-view Even with the no crowd aspect of it, they had some crowd, some fans, uh, mainly wrestlers ringside, but really a very enjoyable show during this time, a much needed break from the norm, and fantastic entertainment in the stadium stampede match. I'm going to give this show a B-plus grade. I hope you enjoyed that review of AEW Double or Nothing. Coming up this week on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show, it'll be my ECW Hardcore Heaven 2000 pay-per-view. Really look forward to giving you that. But until then, follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, at Sig Daddy Wrestle, and also follow me on Instagram, at SigDaddy.Wrestle. And if you haven't already, Subscribe to my podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many other podcasting platforms. Until next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off, thanking you all for listening, and so long, everybody.